My name is Heather Stuka, and my definition of relentless is resiliency and not giving up even in the face of tragedy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Relentless Podcast. I am Kyle Dubay, and I am your host. Today, we have a, a pretty incredible guest um, with, a, with a very incredible story uh, on the podcast. And, and um, this is just a heads up. Uh, this could be a heavy episode for listeners. A um, little bit of a warning that we are going to be talking about some stuff that could be triggering. Um, uh, for some people. So I just want people to a little bit of a listener discretion or viewer discretion, if you will. But we have the incredible Heather Stuka here. Uh, Heather, welcome to the podcast. Heather is a author and Heather is an advocate for missing persons, but most importantly, uh, Heather is a mother. And, um, for listeners or viewers that, that, um, that don't know, but, but I'm assuming, especially locally in the Edmonton area, you will definitely, uh, know or remember, uh, her incredible son, Ryan, uh, who on February 17th, almost six years ago, um, went missing in British Columbia. And, uh, it was very heavily reported on, um, and so we are going to talk to Heather about Ryan and about uh, their lives and, and, and about what's happening with them now. So again, welcome, Heather. So it's so good to have you here. I'm thankful that you, uh, that you wanted to join me. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So I think what we'll do, um, first and foremost, because as you and I have talked, and as many of the listeners know, I've lost a son. And we will eventually talk about grief and the different types of grief and, and, uh, and that type of stuff. But I, I really love when people say my son Luke's name. And I really love when I'm given the opportunity to talk about Luke. Um, I would love for you to, to help me and to help the people that are listening know Ryan a little bit. Can you tell us about, about your awesome son, Ryan? You know, I think of all the questions I always get asked, um, Describing myself and then, but mostly describing Ryan is probably the hardest question mm. because how do you, how do you sum up this life that was lived almost 21 years and sum it up with other than, you know, adjectives, things that people would sit there and actually remember and feel in their heart, mm. the way that you feel about you, about your child. Um, I mean, there's lots of words I could say, you know, he was smart and he was funny and he was handsome and he was loyal. Um, he was sarcastic um, he was a terrible tease to his sisters. Yeah, like a good big brother. Uh, like a good be. big brother. Although he had, a, I, I would say he had a heart of gold in in the sense that he would do it. He would act on impulse. He would, you know, pull their hair or take away a toy or knock down a building or something that they were they were doing. Um, and then he think it would be funny, and then he'd see the look on their faces and their devastation and their tears. And um, then, you know, without really coming up and saying sorry uh, for doing that, he would say, like, do you want to go get a slush? Or, mm. oh, I made you some toast. Or here's the last, you know, Dunkaroo package mm -hmm. or something like that. So, you know, he was all of those things. He was, he was. He was uh, a little rebel with he, a heart. He was, he was. He was funny. He, I mean, honestly, I, I would say from the time that, that he was born um, until February 17th, he never really gave us any, any 
problems. We never had those issues, those teenage years where, you know, you didn't know what your child was doing. Sure. I mean, I, I guess I should say he was also a teenager, so I did not know everything he sure. was doing. Sure. But nothing that uh, caused uh, my husband, Scott, and I any concern at all. He was just mm-hmm. a, a really good kid. As, as I met Scott, Scott's here. I, I got to meet Scott too. And, um, you know, when when you think of of the situation you guys are in now, and actually, you know what? Maybe let's let's explain what happened if right. you're okay with that. Yeah. Let's explain six years ago what happened. So December first uh, of 2017, uh, Ryan had uh, originally uh, graduated from high school and wasn't sure what he wanted to do. So he had taken uh, a year and worked uh, with uh, Scott, uh, the company that Scott works with, Scott Builders, and then um, did that for a year, and and thought he could find a path, like something that you really want to do. This is a great way to to discover if you know working with your hands or doing trade school might be might be your career path. And he, he liked it. He, he enjoyed it. He learned a lot of skills, which I, you know, as a mother, I'm always happy that he could put things together on his own. Sure. Um, and then he took a year uh, and did went back to school. He went to, to McEwen University and did really well. But at the end of the day, he was like, I'm not sure what I really want to do with, mm-hmm. with myself. Which is very normal. Which is yeah. very normal. Um, and so I was like, well, what, what do you think you want to do next? And that's when he brought up the idea of, of spending a winter um, in a ski resort. At that time, he had no idea which one it was going to be and uh, and was just throwing around the idea. And, and I just remember, you know, all the time I could have said, well, you're only going to be making this much. Mm. And do you think you're really going to be a snowboarding expert? Sure. And why do you, you know, don't you think you should settle? Down? And that was never, um, that wasn't the philosophy Scott and I uh, shared when, we, when it comes to our children is that the, the youth is an opportunity for you to go and explore. Um, and, and you may not ever have a chance to do it uh, any other time in your life. So he decided that uh, he narrowed it down, applied to Sun Peaks in British Columbia. Uh, and left December 1st. Which is out by Kamloops. Out by Kamloops. Yeah. So it's about 45 minutes from from the downtown Kamloops yeah. all the way up this uh, winding uh, hill. And it's a beautiful resort. Yeah. Uh, and so he decided to leave. And so he got uh, accepted and left December 1st, packed up his uh, Jetta and took off. He was excited to go. And he had been there for about two and a half months. He was a, a, a lift operator working at the tube time. Um, and he had a great schedule working, uh, I think it was 11 to 7.30 or 11.30 to 7.30. Mm. And he always had Sundays and Mondays off. So mm. two days off in a row so he could go uh, snowboarding. Yeah. And he would uh, text Scott all the time saying, you know, this I'm on my 36th day of snowboarding straight. Yeah. Uh, so he had been there, seemed to be enjoying it, uh, was living with uh, somebody he knew from Beaumont. Uh, and... And then on February 17th, he had finished his, or 16th, the Friday, he had finished his day at work, went home, um, I think changed, grabbed a beer, uh, and then left with his friends to go back up to the village uh, to attend this silent disco. So it's, uh, silent disco is the headphones on, but um, there's no music. You can only hear the music through your okay, headphones. So okay. everybody's sort of dancing to one or two channels, mm-hmm. uh, and and the whole place is quiet. Mm-hmm. So um, he went up to that, uh, did spent the whole night there with friends, and then they left and headed back down to his um, where he was staying, his accommodation. And then there was a group of them that decided to go and see if there was a, a house party at a couple of places that are down there that were. Um, tend to be the the party places for 
um, lift operator, like anybody that worked at the ski resort, any of the staff, they could, they could hang out there. So they went and they found a place, stayed there for a little bit. And it looked like, um, his roommates left and they, when they stood up and said they were about to leave, it looked like Ryan stood up and was going to put on their coat. They left and, um, they looked behind them after a bit, didn't see him, thought he may have wanted to stay. Uh, or was just coming behind, and he, he was almost 21, so I, I don't expect them to to wait for him like he yeah. was a child. Yeah. Uh, and then that's the last sighting we've had of Ryan. We found out that Saturday night uh, on the 17th that Ryan hadn't made it to work, uh, and that they didn't think he had come home, and uh, they started calling around the hospitals, and then they finally uh, um, phoned the local RCMP. And they started uh, sending somebody up. And then at that point, we called. Uh, we found the text from James, his friend, uh, which is, you know, life-changing. Mm. In a moment, you always remember the, the moments before and then uh, every moment after when your life changes like that. And so Scott and I headed up there that night and stayed there for four and a half months. So you, so you guys headed up on the 18th? On the Saturday night. The Saturday still, on the sa- uh, still on the 17th. We arrived early oh, Sunday right. morning, Sorry. right? That's right, the 17th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I said to you before we started, like, I don't want to do any trauma sliming on here at all. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't need to go into heavy, heavy details on stuff. But I mean, essentially, he's at a party. People are like, okay, see you later, buddy. Yeah, yeah, see you in a little bit. And he left the party. We think he left the party. There's, I, I think that's, you know, you're asking people to remember who have been drinking sure. and or They're have been partying. doing drugs. And, yeah. They've been up a long time. Yeah, and so, you know, the recollection of something that they didn't know was important, you're relying on that. It's just a normal thing that's happening, yeah. and then you got to go, oh, yeah. Was he here? Was he was not he here? Not? Did they see him leave? Did he stand up? He was drunk. Oh, he didn't look that drunk. He looked like he was really inebriated. He looked like he was completely fine. You know how uh, how far is that from here? Ten hours? Uh, it's about a nine nine, nine and a half hour drive. Five. Yeah. I the 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 you know the phone call the text whatever you got, which like you said is life changing. Yeah. I received one of those as you know. Yeah. Um, I won't go into my whole. It's very traumatic traumatic for me actually, but I did have to drive home. Uh, I was in the city of Edmonton and I live in St. Albert. I don't remember that drive, to be honest with you. Um, I, uh, I, I, when I, like I have very vague recollection of a bit of that drive and I can't imagine having to do this for nine and a half hours. That must've been just like, I think we were in, I mean, I, I think the shock and disbelief, um, you know, we got into the, to that view and Scott knew immediately right away. Like he was like, okay, I need to go out and get my, um, uh, you know, I, I got to get my snow gear. I got to get my boots. I got to get this. And he's, and I'm looking and wandering around the house going, what do I need? What do you bring? What do you, what do you do? And, and my 17 year old daughter, Jordan was the one that was, she had packed a bag. And I think when I looked at both of those girls, I sort of snapped out of it and said, okay, like, if, if we're going to get through this, somebody has to have that spine right. when it's dealing with, with our, um, with our daughters and Scott was busy downstairs. Um, and so I was like, you know what, it's, it's going to be fine. And, and I think you, you look at the drive. Well, because at, you still have hope at this point. I, 
I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming. I don't know. I, I think I was. Cons- you want to have hope. Absolutely, you want to have hope. I don't know if I think I was shocked, and so I remember being in the in the truck mm, driving yeah. and, and going, "Would I not know mm-hmm. as his mother? Would I not know if he was no longer here? Would I not have felt that? You know, I gave mm-hmm. gave birth to him. Would I not feel a life leaving mm. as 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 painfully aware as a life beginning? Mm-hmm. I felt, um, and and I just I didn't feel anything, and so of course I imagine. Uh, for most people receiving any f- notification, you are bargaining with whatever God, deity, you know, yeah. any extraterrestrial. You're sure. doing everything, and you're like, just please let it, you know, you know, not be us, like not be him, you know. We'll be a better people. We'll we'll be more. You're right, literally right? negotiating with whatever God yes. you believe in, yeah. right? Just please. Did like the if, girls right? go with you? They did not. They did not. They okay. did not. Um, you know, they stayed, and Scott's mom um, came to stay with them. And uh, I, I think, even at that point, like it had been when they said he he didn't come home the night before, and now it's nine o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and you're looking at for us, it was minus twenty six here. Mm, yeah. Um. So I'm looking at it going unless he's holed up in someone's place. But this was a kid that never missed work. Even mm. even at a ski resort, he never missed. He right. was late every day, but he sure. never missed uh, a shift. And so they even knew that that was extraordinary for him. And he'd never done that um, even at home, mm-hmm. um, hadn't missed those obligations that he needed to do. And so- yeah, He's a reliable kid. It didn't yeah. make sense to me that, um, that he would be somewhere- mm-hmm. Uh, and not contact people that, you know, wouldn't send out a text or wouldn't be worried and it's nine o'clock at night and, you know, wouldn't have kept his phone plugged in or any of those things. It just, it didn't make sense to me. And so I think we both knew when we were driving there that, that it wasn't good, but I, I don't know if we thought the full extent of it. Right. And, you know, it's interesting you talk about Scott's mom. Like, I, I think what happens, um, you know, in you guys' situation, or or we, I'll use my situation. Quite often, um, those folks, grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, um, but let's hone in on grandparents. Like they kind of they do get forgotten about a little bit, but yet they step up to help so much, right? And I just, I you know, and we don't need to get all into it, but I just feel for her so much. Just be now. Okay, I'm going to take care of these two girls. Yeah, and you go do, but. I just what she's navigating at home, having conversations with the girls and trying to, you know, so anyways, just very, very difficult. You guys show up there right. and what's happening? Nothing actually. Well, I think and only in the sense, like everything had been done. Um, when we had gotten there the night before we knew that the canine unit was out. So they had officers out with um, their, their units. That's right. I interrupt you, but I'm yeah. assuming that the, like, it's a small yeah. detachment. I'm assuming it's RCMP. It's a rural detachment, which is 45 minutes away um, in Kamloops. So there's mm-hmm. no um, okay, so it's police the, presence on the hill at all. Right. So right? is it, is it RCMP we're dealing with or is it Kamloops city? No, it's R- the RCMP. RCMP. Yeah. So probably an okay sized detachment if it's Kamloops. Yeah. But, they've got two, actually. They've okay. got a city center, and then they do have the rural detachment. Okay. So they've got some manpower. Yep, absolutely. Okay. And so they were definitely up there. As soon as they got the, the phone call and Scott had uh, was talking to them, 
they were completely on the scene. The canine unit was out there through most of the night. But okay. search and rescue can't go out there when it's dark like right. that, right? right. Um, and so they were mobilizing um, behind the scenes. So they were meeting at their command center, making sure that they had all their equipment so that when the light uh, came, that they could be up there at first light. So, But when we came, you know, the canine units had gone home and were coming back the uh, command center hadn't quite been set up and uh, we were just meeting with um, search and rescue and they were just coming up the hill. So I, it gives you the sense that, you know, not a lot was being done. There wasn't that frantic flurry of activity when you come in. However, you know that things are being done on the on the behind the scenes. Yeah, behind or, the yeah. scenes. But yeah. it's not like what you think in the movies. No, where, where you go in there's, there's a thousand yes, people there. There was nothing. Right. There was nothing. We started. Um, we set up the command center. They had set up the command center at their ski patrol. They had turned that into sort of this makeshift command center, yeah. and then they called upon volunteers. And so there was a lot of uh, volunteers from the community that, as soon as they found out that this was happening, they came out. Um, in droves and and then they had their own search and rescue volunteers that came sure, out. Sure, yeah, they probably OCD. even have like uh, uh, that. That's probably set up within a community for yeah. these types of things, right? Right. So you, what time did you guys get there at? What time was it? At? Probably about five thirty six o'clock in the morning. When okay, we left. so yeah. five thirty six o'clock in the morning, um, and then as the sun's coming up, they're starting to go out. That's right. How long did they search for? Um, well, it got dark probably around four o'clock. Okay. Um, and so I just remember we sat there. I, I couldn't, I couldn't go and search. I know that Scott really wanted to, and he would have been part of that volunteer group that would have gone out, but I had ruptured my Achilles tendon and mm. I was just getting to the point where I was, um, could do more weight bearing. Okay. So for me to go out and search, I, I just couldn't do it. So I was sitting in the command center and Scott just refused to let me sit there by myself. Yeah. Um, and so he sat with me, uh, that day. And so we sat there waiting and they had, they had victim services come in to, mm -hmm. to, to provide, um, some counseling, but as, as much as, uh, you appreciate that when they come in, I also felt like in some respects I was entertaining them. You know, like where you're having the conversation and they didn't require anything from me at all. I just felt like I was being a bad host. You know, you've come in, you're providing these services. And I have to tell you that my son is not um, the kind of the kid that would do this. I don't know why it was qualifying, why we had to be there. But I just felt like I had to explain myself for, you know, You're also, right? the, you, but, but you're in shock. You're in shock. It, it, things are foggy. Yeah. It's, it's the, the way that I've described it, I've described it on this podcast, um, is is it was like a bomb. Like I, I look at movies where a bomb goes off and, and it's buzzing in your ears and it's, you're disorientated and, and until that stops and you kind of get your footing again, it's just very confusing and overwhelming and foggy, but then there is clarity, but then there isn't. And it's, that's what you were going through. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, but then you, Probably just as a really good mom and a good host of different things, thought, well, I better, I better talk to them. I better appease them. Right. I should. I should ask them how their day is going. Are you, know, are you a people pleaser yeah. in life? Uh, probably. Probably. But you know what I mean. And so it just felt like you know they're sitting there and they were content to sit there and to support us. But I just mm -hmm. felt like, oh, I just can't wait for them to leave. Right? right. But you didn't say it to them. No, I wouldn't say that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, they, we, we did do the search and they, about four o'clock. And then, uh, I know that we had gone back to our hotel room around three, yeah. um, maybe, maybe right after, and they still had to do finish up and, and sort of debrief. And then they were going to come up 
to, to see us. So we finally went back to our hotel room and I remember them uh, coming in and actually just before they came in, there was a knock at our door and I open up the door and there are five of the most amazing, beautiful uh, friends that you could have ever imagined support system that were standing outside the door. Um, they had, they had, you know, said, do you want us to come? And we said, no, you know, at the end of the day, he's either going to be found and we're going to be so mad at him. We're going to bringing him home. Like you could do that with a 20 year old mm-hmm. or, you know, we're going to find him and we'll deal with the aftermath and, and just didn't seem like we needed to have anybody right. there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want you to drive nine and a half hours. And they just sort of ignored our wishes and showed up and, um, I am so glad they did because so everything did. after that is is completely and utterly dependent on those five faces. I'm being so story. glad that they didn't listen to you because, again, when when we're going through this in the midst of that that immediate trauma, we don't know what we no. need, we don't know what we want. Right. A lot of people say, "Hey, let us know if you need anything." Right. And I actually, not to slag on anybody, that's just a dumb question yeah. because we don't know what we want. And what am I going to do? Ask you to go and yeah. do this? I love, and I've often said this about, you know, to, how to support people who are, are in trauma or grieving, show up. Yeah. Just show up. And maybe you won't do anything for them, but if you show up, there will be an opportunity if That's it right. arises. I love that those five friends did that. And they were the beginning. They right. were the trickle of uh, hundreds more that uh, came and showed mm-hmm. up and continued to stay with us through, mm-hmm. uh, you know, six years later. Mm-hmm. Right? So... How long did the police and and all this, how long did they search for? Well, we had one day of searching, official searching. Um, You know, they had their uh, SAR manager come that evening. So probably around five-ish. And SAR is search and rescue? Search and rescue, sorry. Yeah, search and rescue. And then they also had the Kamloops. um, One of their liaison officers or uh, RCMP officer came. So they came in together to tell us that, you know, we haven't found Ryan and you know you're you're going okay. That's fairly obvious. Like mm-hmm. okay, so what do you what do you do now? And at that point, I just remember the you know, and I will always remember the look on the on the search and rescue manager's face. I mean, he had children. Um, you 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 could feel it. I could you could see the 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 pain of not being able to find Ryan in his face. Like I so I would never take that emotion away because I know that he. Um, was devastated not to be able to bring Ryan home. Um, but in the same breath, they, they said to us, you know, so we've done all the tasks that have been set out by the RCMP. And until there's a change in location or information that w- would lead us to a different location or a change in temperature uh, environmental, like snow melting or something like that, we won't be back. And I remember the RCMP officer saying to uh, to us, "So on your way out of town tomorrow or the next day, just stop by the detachment, and we'll we'll let you know what happens next." And Scott and I, I, I think we sort of blurred over that, and we're like, "Okay, thank you. See you tomorrow." Uh, you know, that was that was sort of our bye. Um, and then we show up the next day, and at this makeshift uh, ski patrol, and it's all been turned back into a ski patrol. And we're like, "They're like, okay, so who?" what are you here for? we're like, oh, we're here for the command center. So they, they did let us set up there for the day. Um, but I was like, where is everybody? I thought they were going to be here. And, and my, our friends were saying, do you not remember what they, they said to you? That, you know, that they won't be out here until there's something else. And you're just like, what? Like, I can't even imagine as a parent, like, like leaving my son like he's trash so that someone will trip over him or find him either in the snow or when the snow melts, right? That, that was never an option for Scott and no. I. Um, and so that was the beginning. And then we had the one day of searching and then they did come back the following Saturday, 
but for for us, um, and we've always been grateful for Search and Rescue when they, they've been able to come up. Um, but I just remember, if you were to ask me in that moment, it was devastating. Mm. Like, uh, logically, I understand it. Emotionally, it's really hard to. Uh, logically, right? I don't fully understand it. Like, I, I, I do. I do. Yeah. And especially the environmental piece, yeah. right? But, and I, what I do really understand is you guys go, okay, thanks. And then the next day you're going, where is everybody? Yeah. Because it just didn't register, no. right? We thought there would be somebody there. I mean, sure. we've never had a missing, per, uh, we, this is not something that's ever happened to somebody no. that we've known or our no. family. So it's not like there's a handbook that says, oh, by the way, right. at some point. And it's, and that difference, there's no consistency along uh, with search and rescue or any local infor- uh, law enforcement, whether it's RCMP or your, your city detachments. Um, consistency among how you're going to search for somebody. And there's a whole bunch of, if, and I know there's a whole bunch of logistics and there's a whole bunch of criteria. But as family members, we wouldn't know what, where we fit into all that. And so why why, would you? why one family would get one day right. and why other families might get a week, two weeks, maybe depending on weather. But we've sure. had ones where it's been winter and they've, they've searched for a week and a half. Hmm. Now, I don't want those people not to be searched for. Absolutely. I absolutely do. I want <clears throat> every resource that can be thrown at them, thrown yes. at them for as long as possible. Yep. I just wish that we could have had that in the beginning ourselves, mm-hmm. especially when you have um, the, the conversation uh, that was given to us that was like, you know, we haven't found him, but he could be, um, you know, one of the outbuildings or a garage or a shed or something along that lines. Cause there was a lot of construction going on. It's a ski resort. Mm-hmm. Not everybody stays there year round. Um, and so, you know, we were thinking, Oh, okay, well maybe Ryan on his way home, he's intoxicated. He gets a little cold, gets a little, you know, uh, weary or, or tired and, and, um, he goes through a, an outbuilding mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, okay, that, that may, maybe couldn't get out again. Like maybe it was locked or maybe you know, snow or whatever. You're thinking all these, these fantastical things and you're thinking, okay, well he couldn't get out, but maybe there's a candle in there. You know, maybe he's not doing great, but maybe he's still alive. That's sure. what, that's what I think of when you tell me that I'm given hope. And then in this next breath, you're like, we won't be coming back until, you know, the snow melts. And this is February. So for me, it just felt like this death sentence for, for our child. Well, You've given took- us home and, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but you and Scott, like, and others stayed for four and a half months. Right. So what did that look like? What did, what did you guys have to do? Um, I'm assuming people in the community volunteer. I'm assuming a lot, like you said, a lot of friends showed up. What did that look like? Like, how did, did you have to like, did they allow you to do this? Was there red tape you had to go through? Like what, how big of a pain was this to make this happen without the authorities involved? I, you know, and maybe our case is, uh, is different because Ryan has always been considered missing. Uh, there's no, um, you know, you, you'll usually get, well, they'll say suspicious in nature. Or they're, they're afraid for their whereabouts or their, um, you know, any of those things. So Ryan hasn't had anything that's suspicious attached to him. So he's just con- still considered a missing person. Although they are doing investigations parallel with that in case, you know, something um, nefarious happened. But for us, there wasn't a lot of red tape. I just remember showing up at that makeshift command center um, and, you know, in that moment, Scott and I looked and said, okay, there's nobody here but us. And if Ryan is going to be found, it will be up to us to be able to do that. Um, and so we did. Um, you know, we had um, friends that came in uh, the following, uh, on the Monday, so that the next day. And it's like these, our friends had this, 
you know, when you're, you're watching Liam Neeson and he's talking about the particular set of skills, mm. I almost felt like that was this, this group of friends and supporters. They had particular set of skills that they brought to them, whether they had um, equipment and whether they could get equipment, um, whether they had done, um, you know, they could do construction or they could figure something. Someone was really good at planning and organizing and got us our, um, um, our command center. And so we moved three times that, uh, throughout the command center, but we finally were given, um, this one, um, it was a, uh, uh, utility or a shed like they used, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for utility trailer. Type. Yeah. A trailer, yeah. um, that had been set up. And so we operated, um, from there from probably about March until we left in June. Mm. Uh, and so we would have this command center. We had tons of people from the community, tons of people from Kamloops that came. We had two buses that came from Edmonton, uh, stopping in Red Deer, which made for an incredibly long day. And because a lot of those volunteers wanted to come back, but they wanted to do more than one day of searching, um, they actually fundraised on their own to charter a plane to come up for Mother's Day, the very first four four months we were there, um, Mm -hmm. so that they could come up and do two days of Mm -hmm. of searching. Um, And so we had over 1,100 volunteers that have come uh, to help in the search for Ryan. And I would say 70% of them have come more than once. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So I don't think we experienced a lot of red tape. Right. Um, you know, we, we learned how to set up a command center. We learned how to, uh, work with volunteers. We learned how to get the equipment. And if we couldn't get the equipment, we made the equipment in order to search. We actually set up training. Um, so that uh, obviously your employers were fine with this and said, Go do your thing. Right. Um, your girls were probably coming in and out. Uh, Jordan was finishing up her last year of high school. Mm. So that was a, a tough time for her. So she wasn't able to come up as often. So yeah. probably three or four times during that period. Juliana was just in grade seven. Mm. Um, and so she would come um, for a a couple of days and then say, okay, I'm going to go home. And then she couldn't stand to be at home and wanted to be with us. And so she really spent the majority of time with us. Yeah. 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 Um, You stayed till June. What was that decision like to say, okay, we're, we're going home. You know, I don't even know if we had a, an end date. I just remember we were talking about it. Um, it was the only one conversation that Scott and I had about, he was like, well, you know, we haven't found him. The girls are here. I think you should, you should go home because uh, it's going to take longer than we thought. And I'm like, well, why, why do I have to go home? Why don't you go home? And he's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm searching. I'm like, well, but I'm the one who does the commanding and the social posts and all the rest of the stuff. So both equally important. Um, and so, you know, I can get searches, but you might not be able to do my job with it. Sure. You know, it was sort of like qualifying. And, and that was, and Scott's like, I, I don't, I don't want to leave. And I'm like, I don't want to leave either. And so that's what it came down right? to. It just, it right. really, it, we, neither one of us wanted to, to not be there. Um, and, you know, Jordan in her, in her wisdom and always her grace, um, when I said, you know, we haven't found him and we're talking about when to come home. And Jordan's like, you, you can't come home right now. Like you need to be there. And I'm like, I know, but we both feel terrible about leaving you. You need us as well. And she's like, you'll be home eventually, but you won't be able to forgive yourselves if you guys come home now and we're okay here. 
I'm doing okay. And so well, she's you know, 17 at the time. She was 17 at the time. And mm-hmm. what a gift, you know, I don't even think she knew she gave us a gift, but she gave us a gift so that we could spend. And it was, it's the last physical thing that Scott and I can do for our son is to go out there and search uh, and to keep the awareness alive and to keep his legacy alive. And so that was um, really important. And, and also remembering that while we do that physical thing for our son, that we still have two beautiful daughters that also need care and nurturing. And so um, we decided, uh, I don't even know if we picked a particular date, but then Jordan was graduating. Her 18th birthday was June 6th. And so we Mm. always knew we'd have to come home for that. Not have to, we'd, we'd want to be Mm. home. It was important to be home for that. She's 18, right? And so we came home for a couple of days uh, to celebrate that. And then um, we went back and then we knew she was graduating from high school. And then that set sort of that tone where it was important for us to be home for the graduation. And then um, we knew at that point all the snow had had melted and and as much as our search efforts, we just we hadn't been able to to find him. And then we were gonna have to transition. Sure. Right? Sure. Um similar. Um my boy Luke passed on April fifth and then my middle boy turned eighteen on April twenty fourth. And then he graduated high school. Mm-hmm. It was so hard. Yeah. So hard because how do you celebrate? We still have a hard time yeah. celebrating things, right? Um so the decisions made, you come home. If we can shift a little bit, and again, I don't want to ask anything that's insensitive, and I told you that prior, if I am or, or if I'm being ignorant about anything, you don't have to slap me, but just tell me. Um, in the midst of all this, there had to be so many different theories out there about what happened to Ryan. Um, and I, I know that there's podcasts based on Ryan that are out there. Um, I've listened to some of your interviews on some of the stuff and I'm assuming that like, I keep saying, I'm, I, I assume, I just can't imagine how difficult it would be, you know, with my son being a suicide, we have all this guilt and we, we ask a thousand questions about what could we have done differently in Luke's life game. And again, rationally, I like how you put like rationally, logically, we know it's not our fault, but emotionally it's impossible. It's impossible. But for you folks, there must've been so many different theories and ideas and, and not only in your heads, but from other people that must've been so overwhelming to, to, to try to process that. And then, where do you let that lead you or does, do you believe it or do you throw it away? Like what was that experience like? Oh, I, I mean, I think now six years later, I finally have a control over that. Um, but in the first uh, couple of, well, probably for the first year, uh, you, you go down every rabbit hole mm. because I, I think you want to make sure that no stone is unturned, that you've done everything you can. Mm. And then at some point you recognize that, Scott and I are not the investigative bodies. Right. We don't have that skill set. We right. will never in our lifetime be able to gain the kind of skill set that someone's had doing this day uh, job day in, day out. What we can do is we can search. Yeah. What we can do is raise awareness. What we can do is spread the the legacy and, and his story. Um, so being able to understand what we're able to do and what we weren't able to do gives us um, some amount of peace. Although... In the first uh, couple of months, you know, uh, there was a lot of speculation on the page, so we shut that down. 
where people wanted to tell you what they thought happens. And I still get that sure. that now, right? They're sure. like, oh, you need to check out the roommates. You need to do polygra- uh, polygraph tests. You need to... And I'm like, we don't do that. Mm. Like that is... They, we're happy with our law enforcement. I, I can't say that everybody is always going to be happy with the representation that they have, but we have always held them accountable and they've always um, held themselves accountable. So we've had this. So you're, you're, you're fine. You're happy with the investigation. Yes. The way, cause it's still ongoing. Yeah, it's still ongoing. Right. And we still have uh, connections with, um, with our, our uh, law enforcement. We've, you know, we've come into this uh, sort of thing where we can ask them questions. They'll give us their answers. Um, you know, they're, they're available to us. I, I get that not everybody will have the same experience. And so, um, you know, for us, if, if we need to pass on information, we pass on information. We encourage other people, if you have tips, you pass on, pass on information. We know that it will be checked into because um, they will provide an account to us. Um, so we didn't have that issue, but, but from the very beginning, you know, people speculated and, um, you know, they, they almost like maybe not so much Scott cause he was not, he's not on social media. Mm, smart I am. guy. Yeah. He's a smart guy. Um, but I was, and so that put me out there in a way that I had not anticipated, mm. you know, I, you know, you think you're telling these stories and you're, you're a parent that's grieving for your child missing past whatever you want to say at that point we we don't know um and people you know thrust you into the spotlight and you know if you'd ask me i would rather be known for a hundred million other things but not not for this not at the expense of of ryan but people would sit there and they judge you oh it looks like um uh did she get her hair curled is she you know Mm. it it looks like she's got a new outfit how dare you live your life Right. Right. And then, you know, the, the, the theories and, oh, we, you know, there's a secret group that was created on a, on a Facebook where if they couldn't speculate on my page, they decided that they were going to do it on their own. I have no problem with that. But then they would, um, they would take screenshots of my posts and put them on there and sort of pick them apart. And I, and in the beginning, you, you don't know, you're just like, I can't believe someone would be this incredibly cruel and unnecessary. Um, and then you have to develop a thicker skin. And so, mm. um, but you know, anybody says, you know, I've got a medium, I got a PI, you've got it. Like, I want to do this and I'm going to, and we've heard about this. And you know, if you go here, we've had a vision and, and you're like in the first couple of weeks, you're like, I want to do everything. I do. I, yeah. and now we've You'll got take to, anything. We'll You'll take believe anything. anything. You'll yeah. just be like, what do you got? Yeah. What do you got? What do you got? But then it would just be so much. It's, it is. It was over. I still get messages to this day, six years later, that people will tell me what they think has happened to him. Mm. Um, and so you could... That's got to be hard. Well, you Is could it? be having a great day and right. then suddenly you open up your messenger and there's like, hey, by the way, I don't know if, uh, you know, I didn't think I should say this, but, you know, it's it's weighing heavily uh. on me. So I just wanted to t- tell you that, you know, I, I see your son, he's been murdered or kidnapped or, you know, he's in the sex trade or he's been human trafficked uh. or, you know, he's been kept in the basement and is harvested for his organs, that sort of thing. And you're like, oh. Um, you know, we were just about to go and have ice cream. Apparently I'm, that's I'm right? trying super hard not to swear um, because I, I swear too much on the podcast <laughs> and there's a whole story of that. And like we had to do a bunch of editing to put it on optic TV. So I'm trying to swear, but I'm going to say it this way. Cause I know you're okay. If I swear, what the f- is wrong with people? Yeah. And it is mind boggling right. to me when you are telling me this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
again, I'm, I'm doing my best not to, to bring my life situation to this, but you said it's fine if we talk about yeah. it. Like, I, I remember when Lukey died, so many people, because suicide is, is people have very strong opinions. Yeah. And I will just never forget some of the randos because again, we were, uh, um, we did put it out on social media, more of a like, go talk to your kids because our thing was, we did not see this coming, right? And if it can happen to us, it can happen to anybody. If it can happen to Lukey, it can happen to anybody. Some of the stuff people said to me, you know, was mind boggling. But people saying this to you, it's always it couched is, under concern, though. Do you know, but I, see, this—that's that's the thing. I just—I wanted to tell you. I just—I didn't know. And it's so, heavy right, on my heart. Yes. So I just—I want to say it, or or that passive aggressive, like, so did you? Like, you really didn't know what was happening with your child, right? You, 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 right. Like, I would never do that. I would always want to check in with my child. You guys weren't checking in oh that often. God. You know what I mean? And, like that. And, uh, concern, I love. Right? I love the. I don't know if I should say this. There's your answer. <laughs> Shut yeah, up. If that's a gut feeling. I don't really right? know what to say, but how yeah. about this? Don't say it. Yeah. You know, if you don't know what to say or what to do, that is fine. I don't even know what to say to myself sometimes. Right. right? We I, don't. And especially don't. in the beginning. Yeah. We have no idea what to say or do no. during this trauma. Right. So if you don't know, that's okay. Yeah. We're fine with that. Yeah. Again, it goes back to, for me, just show up. Yeah. Just show up. And you don't even have to say a word. I'm so sorry, and I, I don't. I know I don't need to apologize, but I am so sorry for you and Scott and your girls and 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 everyone else involved that there are such stupid people. And I'm and I know I'm being mean, Kay, and you're probably way nicer than me and more <laughs> graceful. But I think they're stupid, and I think the fact that anybody would say that type of stuff to you yeah. is, it, like I said, it's mind boggling. And me. and there's a difference between the ones that um, are intentionally cruel and what we did find out um working with other missing persons pages that um quite similar people will band together and they go from missing person site to missing. Trolls. they are and and they do this on purpose where they you know they can drop the most devastating thing in um a chat where they know that the parents or the family members are, and and I think they take such joy out of that, mm, right? It's just such weird and, psychopathic right. behavior. And and you can't, I mean, I mean, you can try to um, guard against that, and so we we do have some safe uh, guards in place, but mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we can't, you can't ever eradicate it. I think that's what's um, what's terrible about it. However, I will say that. For um, all of those uh, people that had theories, questions, that have decided that they were going to spring it upon us, um, there's 90% of those people on Ryan's uh, Facebook site that are supportive and caring and have cared for each other um, yeah. when they need it. And, and that's what I try to focus on. Yeah, and I, yeah, I got a little negative there. And, I, and I, you and I talked on our pre-pod yeah. chat that, you know what, most people... Even if they say things that are a little, oh, their intentions are pure, right. actually. So I don't, those people are not yeah. involved in the stupidity people. Okay? Right. So we'll take, we're not talking yeah. about them. <laughs> we're talking about these trolls. We're talking right. about, you know, how some stuff is mass. But I mean, ugh, anyways, I don't want to, let's not get, go too crazy negative because I, I get fired up. Uh, me too. I get fired up. Um, we don't know what we don't know. And, right. and for people that are grieving hard, because of 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 of, of a, a great loss, uh, a, a devastating loss, and we don't like you had said earlier, 
we didn't know how to do a command center. Why would we know that, right? right? In the same way we didn't know certain things, why would we know that? But for you folks, and I know for us, it's like you're on this fast-moving train and you get off of it because of this, and that train keeps going. Right. And you're left standing, okay, now what? That is part of your life. And that's part of our lives. I used to say, I actually did this analogy once. I did a post and I said, you know, we are on this train. Mm. It's this grief train, but we're never getting off no, of it. No. it. I mean, we might make stops and some people might get on the train with mm-hmm. us yeah. and they'll stay for a little <laughs> bit. Um, they take in the view, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then at some point the next station they get off. But Scott and I will never be able to get off this train. Let's talk right? about this a little bit. Let's talk about the grief side of this. Um, and again, this is not to, uh, you know, uh, make anybody feel bad who's listening or anything like that. But but you are correct. People get on and off that grief train. Right. Some people are on the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they're with us. Yeah. And they're on the journey. And when you look to your left or your right, they're always there. Right. Always there. Yeah. There's some people that were there for a bit. Now they've either kind of behind you or not, they might not even be anywhere in it now, right? What's, what's that experience been like for you guys? Has it been tough? Is it, I mean, obviously we learn as we go, right? Yeah. I, you know, I will always be grateful um, mm-hmm. for everybody from the, the moment we got that notification, the ones that came, that showed up, mm-hmm. that stayed, mm-hmm. um, that left and came back, you know, whenever mm-hmm. they could. Uh, I don't think they understand the impact that mm-hmm. they had on us, and, and definitely during those first couple of months. Now, not all of them will have stayed, and and mm-hmm. they haven't, mm-hmm. and and that's okay. Um, you know, it's it's hard for us is because we're not the same people. Scott and I are not the same people um, that we were before Ryan. That's right. uh, you know, we've looked at pictures. I got for Christmas the the photo frame, and so we've downloaded a bunch of pictures, and you can see it's almost like this demarcation of when uh and the look in our eyes when uh before ryan and then after ryan mm-hmm. i mean there's still laughter there's still some joy yeah but the look <laughs> on our face is just is is completely different because we haven't known the worst that has happened to us right right um and so you know i i think that, that you know we're not the same we're different and and that's not always okay for people. And that's okay. Like they've moved on with well, other it's things. Uncomfortable. It's and, uncomfortable and it can be, right? Yeah, for them. Um, and so we're, we're okay with that. We're still, our gratitude doesn't end because uh, right. our friends are, are not as clear in the picture as they were before. We're, yeah. They were there when we needed them. Yeah. And so I know that they always talk about your, your people are needed for a season or a lesson or a reason. Season right? or a reason or, yeah. 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 And so, you know, we honestly believe that. We've had lots of connections with people who never knew Ryan. Sure. Um, and that have become, you know, amazing friends and support system. Yeah. Uh, and and I think we are grateful every day for the chance for people to bring in. Yeah, I look at these people and go, "You came because of this this boy. Like mm. he's changed you yeah. um, in some ways, and you've came and and been part of us." I can't even imagine. I don't feel like I was that selfless, right? It's where interesting because right? I've had those moments too where I'm like, "Well, I've done that, right?" Yeah. I, and I guess we'll never know, right? It's never, it's, uh, you know, I'd like to think that we, we would, but, um, you know, we were never put to the test. Mm-hmm. These people were, and they showed up. Your, right? your grief is, is um, everyone's grief is unique, but I actually think that your grief is, is quite unique because I had called it unresolved grief right. um, 
because Ryan is still considered missing. You call it. It's ambiguous, ambiguous loss. Ambiguous loss. Yeah. Um, talk about that. And ambiguous loss doesn't have to necessarily mean for someone who has passed away. I mean, it could be um, a disconnect from a loved one that you have that is a loss that you haven't resolved, right? Mm -hmm, sure. Um, for us, ambiguous loss is that because there is no uh, way forward, we are sort of in this waiting pattern. I used to think, um, I can't imagine if, if I had lost my child in an accident or anything else where I, I knew and I was able to go through the grieving process. Um, and I know that I can only imagine as, as a parent that has lost their child um, and had to go through the, those feelings of guilt about, um, you know, taking moments of joy or celebrating something or finding laughter or, mm. you know, going a day without crying all day. Uh, I couldn't imagine that because I haven't even got to that point. Like Scott and I, are, our thing was, you can't do the frivolous things. I, I really struggled with doing anything that was frivolous mm. um, unless I fell into it and it was an accident. Like we were out for dinner and then, you know, we had a, a glass of wine and we had a really nice conversation. Then I was like, oh, okay, we had joy tonight, but it wasn't planned, you guys. Like we didn't yeah. plan it. Yeah, I know. Right? Like, so it's something frivolous where you're it's, like, I mean, you're, almost you trying go to, you're trying to justify it to yourself Everything. and almost to others, like especially yeah. the ones that are close to you. Like, we didn't mean to have fun. We didn't. We, we, that right. wasn't our intention, right. you know? Um, and I think it was uh, the biggest part for us was because he's still out there. Mm. He still needs us. Mm. He still hasn't been found. Um, and so how do you, how do you do that? How do you have frivolous do moments? Do you still live your life that way? Six years in? Uh, it, it has been a slow process, yeah. right? Um, where, you know, there's moments, uh, this year was a struggle because every up, up, every month up until uh, COVID, tw March of 2020, we've gone up every single month. Yeah, We'd go up for a week. <clears throat> and we knew that wasn't sustainable, but we didn't know what that was going to look like. And neither one of us wanted to um, pull the pin in it. We didn't, we didn't want to make that decision. So, you know, um, COVID made it for us. Mm -hmm. And and there was a lot less guilt because you, you knew you couldn't sure. travel sure. there. Um, and then we started going back. And then, of course... It's not sustainable uh, financially no. uh, with our children, with our, our lives, to be able to go up every single um, month for that week. Um, and so we, we said, okay, well, you know, we'll go when the snow melts and just before the snow falls again, and we will search during those months. And again, we always go up for February for the, for the anniversary date. Um, and then this year, we weren't able, we went up in August, we went up um, in, I think, I think it was June and then we went up in August and then we haven't been able to go up again. And you think we're okay with it. We do their day to day where, you know, go to work. Um, we spend time with our friends and our families, the girls, everything. And it's on these moments that Scott and I have these quiet moments where he's looking at me and he's like, I feel guilty. Like, I feel like I let Ryan down. We haven't been there and that doesn't mm. feel good. That doesn't um, soothe me in any way. And so we haven't quite got to a place where we know how often that should be, uh, what that should look like. Well, I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be. I, this is my take. I, I think this is just lifelong now. And, and, you know, and again, if I'm asking questions that you don't like, you got to tell me, but because I don't understand what you're going through. Right. Do you, you can answer for you. I'm not going to say to you and Scott, do you, is there still hope? Is there still, 
do you still wake up every day and go, okay, Ryan's out there or Ryan could be out there? Like, what is that like for you? And I hope that that question's okay. Yeah, I, you know, as a parent, how could you not have hope? Right. But what does that look like? Mm. Right? Like, unless he's been abducted by beautiful unicorns and living somewhere, then the last six years have not been easy for him. Mm. Whether it was through his choice, whether it was through somebody else's choice, um, if Ryan is is still out there, um, then the last six years have not been easy. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, he's he'll have changed so much, which, you know, I love my son no matter what. Um, but then if he's out there and there's other things that we could have done to bring him home, there's that immense feeling of guilt. But I look at it and go, if Ryan chose to to leave, which no indication, he loves his family and his friends, yeah. uh, you know, was close to them and no one ever believed that. Um, you know, him coming back six years, like in the same way, I've still lost my son. Like he's not the same person that he was. I'll take him anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Take him anyway. And so there's hope, but I just don't know um, what hope looks like mm. in in that sense, right? And hope is no better than no hope, right? Like no hope means he's gone forever. Uh, there's no there's no beautiful moment where no. you're like, oh, like you were living on Bora Bora. You've had yeah. the best experiences. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's tragic Either way, not just for us, because I never want people to have pity for Scott and I. Scott doesn't want it either. We don't. We're, we don't want that. This tragedy happened to Ryan. Mm -hmm. We want the focus <clears throat> to be on Ryan. We are just dealing with the residual effects mm -hmm. of of grief and loss, which obviously, as you know, are are um, overwhelming at times. Mm -hmm. But I don't want you to pity me, mm -hmm. right? Feel sorry for Ryan because he's not here living the life he should have been living, yeah, whatever yeah. that looked like to him. I, I, I hear you with that. Right? I do. I understand that. There are times, though, that I think it's okay if people feel sorry for us. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I do. Well, like there's, there's just really bad times, and I think it's okay if people feel bad for us. But I totally hear you and agree crappy, with you. Right? That's right. It's like it's, it's the worst. Yeah, it's the worst. Mm -hmm. But I also tr I'm trying my best to have the attitude of. Um, like I know people that, that, that I believe have had way worse things and, and, but then, then I feel guilty saying that. I know. Right. So it's just, it's just so difficult. Um, let's, let's talk now about, cause we, we've been talking for a while. Um, let's talk about your advocacy work. Right. Let's talk about that. Let's, um, and thank you so much for sharing all that you just shared. Let's talk about what you're doing now. One for for others, but also to keep Ryan's legacy, as you called it earlier, like going. Like, what does this look like for you? What do you do now? Well, um, so one of the things that uh, you know, we sort of in the early days, people were like, okay, well, how would you want to honor Ryan? Oh, you know, he loved snowboarding, he loved soccer, he loved rugby, and I'm like, yeah, those are all really fantastic ways to recognize uh, and honor Ryan. And then I just looked around in this command center, the second of three, um, and all these people coming in and, and coordinating that. And I thought, I never want another family to have to go through those early days that we had to go through where we had no idea what to do. And, and people were bombarding you and you didn't know if they were genuine. You didn't, it was so overwhelming. You need to have a medium. Have you thought of this medium? Have you thought of this PI? Have you thought of this? Have you done this? All of those things. How do you deal with social media? How do you get the names of your, your child out there? How do you get a command center? What sort of things are you looking for? What equipment do you need? I, we just looked and said, 
no family should ever have to navigate right. this on their own. They should have resources, whether they call um, a, a person in to do it, or they can just access it as easy as, as a website. And so we were in touch um, in the early days with um, a family that had lost, uh, or at the time their their brother was missing. He was in a, a plane um, crash outside of Revelstoke. Mm. Um, and so Tammy Neron and Kate Sinclair were um, Dominic Neron's um, sisters. And so they had gone up and done searching up in Revelstoke area. And finally, after 10 months, um, they were able to locate him and have closure. But they knew a lot about aerial uh, and also about looking in remote settings um, and how to navigate and do this search on their own. And so they provided some information to us. We also provided some information to them. And at the end of the day, we thought, how can we honor both Dominic and Ryan? And so what we decided is that we were going to start this nonprofit that would actually provide resources um, and support to families with missing loved ones. And so that's what we've done. And, and to me, that was a purpose. I mean, people always say, yeah, and I guess we don't mind it if it's, if it's a good thing, if you win the lottery and then someone says, well, you know, there's a reason for everything. And you're like, yeah, it's a lottery. I won the lottery. Mm. Nobody ever wants, like when someone says, well, there's a reason. Mm. I don't think there's a reason that Ryan's mm. not here. I can't imagine ever there would be a reason that Ryan would not be here. Mm. Um, but if there's no reason, there can still be a purpose. And mm. so Scott and I wanted to have a purpose that, uh, you know, outlasted um, what we attempted to do in the beginning and, and to get people on board and, and maybe make it um, better and, and make parents feel, because Ryan is not the first child to go missing and he will not be the last, unfortunately. And so what can we do with the people in between? Right? I love how you said, you know, the, the whole reason thing. Uh, well, you know, it's kind of like the whole God doesn't give you more than you can handle. <laughs> Stuff like that. But I just love how you have, it's, it's a purpose. There's a purpose here. And, um, or what you've done is you've taken this tragedy and you've had purpose that can come out of it. I see no silver linings no. in, in, in um, some of my, my boy. Right. I see, um, but we're trying to figure out now, okay, what can we do that's purposeful to honor Luke? And again, we're, we're not even through, we're almost three years in, but um, how, if, I don't know if, oh, I don't know if you know these stats. Like, I don't know if I start throwing stuff at you, but like how, how many people go missing? Oh, in, I had the you know, stats up in there. Canada? There's a lot. Most of them will be um, resolved within 24 hours to 48, okay. right? And then those are the ones that, uh, and, and you'll see it if you've gone on a feed, then suddenly it seems like all your feed is with uh, uh, missing sure. loved ones, right? Sure. Um, but uh, most of them are resolved because it's someone that has chosen to go away mm -hmm. um, and, you know, needed a cooling off period. Um, and of course their loved ones um, become worried and, yeah. and report them. Yeah. It's not illegal for an adult to go missing. No. Um, and once they're found, there's no obligation that the police will have to let you know um, that either they've been found and, or um, that they are where they are. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. They yeah. don't, they, they can let you know that they've been located and they're choosing not to reveal their location. Yeah. And, and there's nothing more that uh, a family member can do. And, and maybe that needs to be in place for some people that are escaping things that sure. um, are, are fairly traumatic. Yeah. Um, and so that's okay, but it's not illegal for someone to go missing. So if someone had gone missing and then, you know, all these search efforts, 
came out um, and then and then they came back. Yeah. I know people always sit there and say, oh, you should be charging them or they should be paying. But most people don't recognize that the, it's going to get to a certain level where people yeah. are coming out. They just, yeah, yeah, yeah. they needed the cooling off period. Sure. Um, and but the other, the other uh, statistic or, or information that I think most people aren't aware of is that um, you can report a person missing. You don't have to wait 24 hours. And, and it is not like the dateline in New York. Maybe that's different in uh, the States, but in Canada, um, if you have uh, someone go missing, like Scott could walk out of, out of the studio today um, and I could be worried about him in a half an hour and report him missing. Oh, that is excellent information because yeah. I have always been under right. the assumption. No. 24 hours. No, and you can push for it. You and that's the other thing is the the worst part is is that you have to advocate. Yeah. Um and you and you're in this grief, you're in the state of disbelief and grief and you have no idea that this is um what's happening or or what the outlook is go, is going to be. Um and you don't know that you have to actually advocate. Mm. And and we did. We learned early on that you know, if we're going to be the ones that find him that we have to advocate. We have mm. to call um the our RCMP constantly. We have to find ways for search and rescue. We have to find our own resources to come in. Um, and that people wait. They don't have to wait. Yeah, yeah. Right? You don't have to. And you should advocate and saying, no, this is outside of the ordinary. This is not something that happens every day. Yeah. He's not considered a runaway just because he's 17. Yeah. Um, and that he doesn't like what's happening at home and I made him change his shirt. That's right. Like, we have some serious concerns and we want something done. That is such a great message. Right. And I really hope people are listening to that. Like yeah. that is so, that's just such good knowledge to have. It really is. Let's, um, th th I'm so thankful that you've told us and you know, we did good. We didn't cry. We didn't. We didn't cry. No, we did not. I'm not I did almost it a couple of times. Um, but as heavy as this is, and it's just, it's just so heartbreaking and it's so sad. Um, let's talk about this. Cute little dinosaur the on legacy. the table. The yeah. legacy. Let's talk about that. You know, and it started, like, the very first post I did, um, again, was uh, to, uh, you know, people had been messaging me all the time and saying, have you found him? Have you found him? Has he found yet? Um, and, uh, these you know. randos? Or? No, no. These were just people on the Facebook page. Yes, like, but, but, give us any news or updates. But this is in okay. the first couple of days, right? Okay. Um, and so, at that time, I was just like, I'm just going to write and say that we haven't found him, not through lack of trying or effort. Um, and so then I thought, well, how do you describe somebody? I could tell him he was loved, but most people know that. And so I did a little story about a thing that Ryan loved when he was kids. He 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 was so into um, dinosaurs, and yeah. he used to make Scott and I play this game. He's like, "Mummy," and then I'm like, "Yes, Ryan." He goes, "Let's talk about," and he'd have this pause, and you think, "Okay." Like, I know it's not going to be ice cream flavors. It's going to be the same thing every single time. And it was every single time for years. Yeah. Let's talk about dinosaurs. Yeah. And then he'd tell you something. He's like, what's got a green, um, he's green, he's got a long neck and he eats plants. And you're like, oh, I don't know, a apatosaurus. No. <laughs> and he's so sarcastic. Yeah, you know, that yeah, yeah. like, no. And then we're like, um, a long neck. He's like, no. And I'm like, I don't, he's like, that's not even a real word. And then he's like a diplodocus. And I'm like, oh. Scott and I'd have to go to the library to get out, yeah. um, uh, books on dinosaurs. And so it started off with a story. 
And then, you know, we had sweatshirts made and they had the dinosaur on it. And then suddenly that became the symbol, the dinosaur and the green heart, right? Yes, yes. And then probably about a year and a half ago, um, one of our um, group members, so there's a small group of, of ladies called the unicorns. They named themselves the unicorns. And they didn't know each other beforehand. They came together as support and and they have been our biggest support system. So they came together through Ryan's group. Through Ryan. Yep. And so they help with managing the pages and sending out the dinosaurs. They do everything. They are just. And you didn't know these people? I didn't know one of them. Not one of them. And it took a while before they even let me into their uh, messenger group chat. (laughs) They're probably like. Snotty little unicorns. (laughs) They're they're very particular, but they're an amazing, amazing group of of women. And so one of them, uh, Gina and her husband, decided that they were going to make these dinosaurs. They had a 3D printer. They thought it would be something fun to do. So they started making them. And then just recently, it's um, caught on. One of the members, Claudia, decided that she was going to make the poem, which is on on the, on the back of this, on yeah. the back of it, and it talks about kindness, mm. um, and not just you know, uh, you know, you take this dinosaur and it brings awareness because it has the find uh, Ryan Stuka on it. Yeah. It has the QR code, so it it leads you to the page to learn more about Ryan. Yeah, uh, and those are great. But do I think that any of the places that these dinosaurs go, Ryan's there? No, but as a family, I'd like to think that if Ryan were here now, he would have the opportunity to visit these amazing places, you know, meet some pretty inspirational people and experience uh, a lifelong um, journeys with that. And so we take such joy in watching these dinosaurs take off and where they go, whether they're in the pilot seat, they'll be at a Starbucks, they'll be whale. Um, well, when, tra- right? when you guys walked in, Scott handed this to me yeah. and said, yeah. they're a hot commodity. He, but he goes, these have been all over the world. They're all over the world. Which is so Yeah, cool. Sydney, they've been to Bangkok, um, Netherlands, Germany, like people and and it's kind of like that. Uh, what's that? What's that? When the the, the gnome, kids are, gnome oh, yeah, the fla- gnome or flat, flat, flat Stanley, Stanley. Yeah. flat Stanley yeah. idea. My yeah, kids did so that too. and so now, I mean, again, the posts go viral. We have almost sixty thousand. We actually have sixty thousand people that are following on Ryan's site oh, now, wow. and they join and they want to know how to how to spread awareness. And for me, I love that you spread awareness for Ryan's story, but. If I had to, if Ryan were to create a legacy, I'm sure if he was here, he'd create a legacy that was far different than the one I would have created. And mm-hmm. and that's okay. But it's this legacy of love and kindness and yeah. this connectivity to community, which yeah. we found out when we were up in Sun Peaks, the community that comes together, whether mm-hmm. they're from near or far, what that looks like. And so Ryan's Facebook community is pretty amazing. And to have um, people out there, if they can look around in their own community and see what could be done, to spread kindness, mm. wouldn't that be an amazing sort of world that we could? It is right? an amazing thing. I, I know for on on April fifth, that's the day we lost Luke. We do a be a light for Luke. Yeah, and it's the same kind of concept, right? Mm-hmm. Just like just be kind. Yeah, just be kind. This is cool. Where can people get this? Well, they can go onto um, our uh, website or a Facebook. So, fi- uh, missing find Ryan Stuka. Okay, and they and they can order these. They can order them. Beauty. Yeah. Beauty. Um, I have an idea of what I'm going to do with this. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm going to see. I'm going to see. All right. Um, we talked earlier before we started recording because one, uh, like, this is a heavy, heavy podcast. But one of the things that I do, oh, jeepers, one of the things that I do that's a, uh, I move my heart, my hand yep. a lot, as you can see. Me too. Right. Um, is we do do a little silliness at the end called the Relentless Quiz. And you said, let's do it. Let's do it. Because 
we had talked about the fact that even though we, we you know, you guys' situation very different than but there's hardship in our life, and we try to live our lives coexisting with our trauma and our grief and somehow joy in our life. Right. And so you said, let's do the quiz. Yeah. I always said that, uh, you know, it, if I had a chance, if Ryan, someone gave me the chance to trade places with Ryan, I would absolutely do that in a yep. heartbeat as, as a parent, you would. Same here. Um, and I think that if our children could look down and see whether it's two and a half, three years, or whether it's six years, see what has been done in their name and how much of an impact they had, that if they were given the chance to come back, they would do things over. Mm -hmm. Maybe they would breathe in the air a little more sweetly mm -hmm. or deeply mm -hmm. or, you know, love more, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And I know that I'm not going to get the chance to change places with Ryan and he's not going to have a chance to come back um, and to do things differently. And I never want to look at Ryan because I know one day I will see him again, whatever that looks like. Um, I don't want to stand in front of my son's face and have him be disappointed in me and say, mom, you know, you took and you squandered what I would have hoarded. I, I would have lived my life differently because I would have known what my impact could have been and the loss that came from me. Sure. Um, and so you had that opportunity and you squandered it just on grief alone. And I, I, I always think, okay, not every day I feel like surviving, but my goal is not just to survive. I do not want to spend the rest of my life just surviving. I want to find ways to thrive. And I don't know how to do that. And, and all the time am I really good at it? But I think that that is a testament to the love that I have for Ryan um, and that I have for my family and support and that I, I just, I don't want his death to be meaningless. You just inspired me so much. <laughs> I want you. To, I'm, I'm, I, I want you to know that. Um, I quite often say I, I need to live and I need to love. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy. No. But I, I'm really hearing what you're saying, and I'm appreciating it, and I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to put that more into my, my life. My boy Luke loved comedy. So, and I love comedy. I always like to think that I have helped my three sons love comedy because I love comedy. Um, they don't love you too, the band you too, as much as they should, <laughs> but, but they love comedy. And so for me, it's comedy. Yeah. We got to laugh. Mm -hmm. We have to have to laugh. And that's what we try to do as much yeah. as we can. Right. Um, I just am so thankful that you just said everything you said and I respect it. Um, the idea of squandering it yeah. where Brian, I would have been a hoarder of it. Yeah. Like that's such a cool way to look at it. Let's do the quiz. Let's do the quiz. Let's get to know you a little, little oh my differently. Gosh. And just so you know, these aren't and, like. Okay. Cause I was going to say Scott's here. I don't know if. <laughs> we're not going to, these aren't intimate okay. questions. Okay? All right. Perfect. Unless Scott, do you have any, you need answered? Let me <laughs> fire them over here, bud. Fire them over Does here. Does she like taking care of me with my, my bad shoulder? That's right. Which I felt bad when you walked in. I, and we're, we're, we're all huggers. So yeah. we, you hug and then Scott said, yeah. I'll hug you. And then I, I tapped his back and then I realized he's in a sling. Like, yeah, I'm just a bit of a jerk. Fine. Anyways, we'll figure it out. Okay, here we go, okay. Heather. Fruits or vegetables? Oh, I love fruit. Okay. City or countryside? Oh, I like urban city where I can walk, not okay. to get my fruit, but probably my fruit of the, on the vine. Oh, okay. Okay. Dirty bathroom or dirty kitchen? Oh, I hate a dirty bathroom. Okay. Salty or sweet? Sweet. Sweet. So you you are sweet oh, too. I'm yeah, because you like the fruit, you yeah, like the sweet. I love okay. sweet. Okay. 
Do you all like chips? I do. I mean, and same as I love bread. Mm. Like I'll eat it, but I mean, honestly, if I have to pick and choose, it's going to be the wine <laughs> and then it's gonna, it's going to be some sort of dessert. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I yeah. like it. I like it. Uh, morning or night? Oh, I'm definitely uh, uh, more morning. Like more I, morning. when I want to go to bed, I want to go to bed. Okay. Like I, are you I like, like, are you going to bed early? Yeah, yeah. I'll sit in my room and I'll, I'll, uh, I feel like I, I tell him I'm decompressing after yeah. a day, but I, I don't want to sit there and watch sports all night. No, you just right? watching TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I've yeah. learned a lot of things on TikTok. Scott does not love it. I'm like, look what we could do in the house. Yeah, There's some yeah. renovations. He's For, like, do you know, stop. What, do you know what I'm terrible? Cause my, to be honest, my wife does all the cooking. Yeah. Thank God. And I mean, obviously, look at me. She does a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always sending her TikTok recipes <laughs> to the point where she's like, "Could you uh, just, just enough?" enough. Yeah. Like um, I, I, Scott cooks more. Oh, well, I good. I used to, and yeah. and now I've had to, uh, you know, amp up my game again with yeah. his his injury. But yeah. he really enjoys cooking, so I'll let him do that. No, I send him the the funny things like that. I'll are just send. Stupid, I'll send him some right? recipes. Yeah, you. Yes, recipes. please. Um, favorite comedy movie. Yeah, I liked um, the one that I love the most is probably uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. I don't know because because the guy is just he's so conversationally I don't, funny. I, I, right? don't, I think you and I are same era. Yeah, and I think that's what it was. Right? Like where it goes just, back to yeah. the '80s. Yeah, and just sarcastic. Yeah. Where it's just like you know they make that little sort of it's not overt. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. I no one's just said that. I love because I yeah. love that movie too. Yeah. The second one not as funny. Yeah, not as not good. as funny. But that first, first one, one? For, mm-hmm. well, I. It was, it's offside too, which is funny. <laughs> which I like. Which is funny. Um, big party or small gathering? Oh, small gathering. Small gathering? Yeah. Okay. Phone in the bathroom or no phone in the bathroom? How can I TikTok if I don't have my phone I in knew. my bathroom? As soon as I said it, you're, fake, you're kind of like, oh, do I lie or don't I lie? <laughs> so many people lie and say I, yeah. no. They say no. They're like, I don't bring the phone in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. That's I'm bringing it in. It's an absolute lie. Uh, favorite love song of all time? I don't know if you're a music person. I do. Oh, I don't even know. No? Do you have a wedding? Song? Oh, I do. Okay. I, I, yeah, it was Billy Scott, Dean. Um, it's Scott sitting right there. I know. Uh, Should have been you? Could have been you? Could have been. If been. it hadn't been you. If it hadn't, hadn't been, been you. Because yeah. if it's a wedding song, it was like, could have yeah. been you. <laughs> you or should have <laughs> been you. That's a quick that's, wedding. That's, that's a quick a, marriage. That's probably not a great one. <laughs> that's, that's your wedding song? Yeah. Like, should yeah. have been you, but we're done after yeah. tonight. So what's it? Billy Dean? Billy Dean. And it's yeah. what had had to be you. It had to be. Yeah. No, it what oh Scott's telling us here. Yeah. What what is it, Scott? If there hadn't if been there you. If there hadn't been you. Oh, okay, there. That makes okay. more sense. If there hadn't been you. I'm glad that's that is like twenty nine years not. ago. Okay. okay so. Whatever you want to say. Right? Whatever you want to say. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh a couple questions left. Okay. Cake or pie? Oh, I like cake. Cake? Okay. Unless it's a cream pie. Mm, yeah, like a fruit pie is okay. Pie. Oh, yeah. Or chocolate or coconut. coconut like anything. cream pie. Oh, my mm-hmm, gosh. Mm-hmm. I might go yeah. get a banana cream pie on the way home. Mm-hmm. Last question. Okay. Describe your relentless podcast experience in four words. I really loved it. Awesome. And I liked it to put into a sentence because some people just go, fun. Uh, you know, I really loved it too. And, and, and I, I, did you say love or like? Love. love. No, okay, I didn't. Good. good. Yeah. Um, Heather, I found you because you actually liked, okay, now I'm going to cry. You liked uh, a tweet that was put out years ago. 
by me about my son, Luke. And the reason I saw that was because about a month, I think you and I connected about a month and a half ago or a month ago or something yeah. like that. Um, just randomly on Twitter, I got notified that some, somebody, and I don't know who it is, liked that tweet. And I was like, that's weird. And so I went to Are look. No, 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 no. This, no, because this is two years later okay. they liked it. So part of me is like, how did they see that tweet? Yeah. Like, because I don't understand how yeah. it all works. Or that X, sorry, that X. X. And then I just, I looked to see, you know, because you do that, right? Like yeah. who looked, and then you were there too. And I went, why do I know that name? And then I looked and I said, that's where I know that name. And then I did a bit of a deep dive on on Ryan and on you. And I was just so inspired by you and Scott and the work that you do to advocate. I was so inspired on your willingness to be authentic about your journey and to talk and to share. And really about the connection that you have with Ryan and the way that you are keeping his legacy and you are keeping that connection um, going, which I am learning to do in my life with my son. So I reached out to you. Um, I don't even remember what I said, but I remember I was trying to word it so good because <laughs> I didn't want to be like, you I know. respond right away. And you responded really fast. And then we <laughs> said, I was a, in the bathroom. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Having a bath. <laughs> Eating awesome, awesome. eating your banana cream, cream pie. pie, cream pie. Um, listening to the, your wedding yeah. song that you yeah. don't even know <laughs> I don't what even it is. Know. Yeah. If it couldn't have been you, that's right. It was somebody else. That's right. And you just responded quickly, and then we had this incredible talk. I am very thankful that we're connected. I think we're um, going to be best friends. I think, well, don't tell Scott, but I think so. But I actually, even Scott, we talked yeah. barely, but Scott's He's just, nice. I can just, yeah, he seems really nice. You know, most people can, I think, uh, give or take for me, but I mean, most people really like Scott. Yeah, that's like, like I, me and I'm my dynamic, wife, yeah. right? Yeah, see, I'm a bit much for yeah, people. Yeah. Well, my wife is Remember, not. we're not much. I kept saying, I'm not too much. Because I used to, people used to say that, um, oh, Heather, you're too much. You talk too much. You move your hands too much. You're too opinionated. You're too, 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 too. And I was like, oh, I got to change. I got to change. I can't mm. be so much. And then, interesting, when Ryan went missing, all the things that people said I was too much of, I was just more than enough that I needed for Ryan, That's right? right? And so I'm like, maybe you're not too much. Maybe you're just too little. Maybe yeah. my magic is not meant for you, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. doesn't laugh. Right, right, I like that. And for me, because I, I I think I'm a bit, I think people think I'm, but I don't care. And at my yeah. age, I don't really care. If you don't want to be around me, don't be around yeah, me. Anyways. Most people like Scott, though. Yeah, everyone he's loves my wife because yeah. she's like super nice and yeah. she's always, yeah, but, um, but I thank you. I thank you that um, you, you were willing to come and share with me and, and share with everyone that's listening. I, I really hope that um, a lot of people hear this. And mostly because I want people to hear about Ryan. Right. Um, I'm sorry for Ryan. Uh, that being said, I'm really sorry for you and Scott and your girls too. So thank you. Um, where can we find you? Where do you want We know you're on Twitter. We I know want, you're on the X. We are on the X. Um, oh, I'm Facebook. Um, so uh, there is... Uh, uh, missing Ryan Stuka. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're also uh, on Instagram as well. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're looking at um, the book, 
um, missing from me. That's, That's what I right. Wrote. You're, yes, missing from your book. Yeah, yeah wrote uh, that about the first year, and and it's real time. Like it's the post that I did real time, so you actually see our journey or yeah. my journey, I guess specifically, um, through the the whole grieving process in the beginning of, wow. a, of a missing child. But um, yeah, so you can go onto Facebook or Instagram. Um, yeah. I do have a website. Yeah, which is um, heatherstuka.com. Okay. Um, and can people donate to this or do they buy, like, is there, is there, they're $5, Um, but do you guys take donations or anything like that? We do take donations. I I mean, we, we, we try not to, we, we'll have once a year, we do a, um, auction for Ryan's birthday. So on March 17th, this year he'll be 27. And so we do one auction, uh, 24 hour period where we, if you had donations, we can go and we'll, we'll, um, We'll have an auction, and then that goes towards the rest of the year to pay for billboards because we have a lot of billboards that go up there okay. that help pay for the search efforts, and yes. that's the only real thing that we that we do. Um, if people want to make donations to other organizations in Ryan's names, mm-hmm. we love that as well because again, it spreads the the whole legacy of kindness. Well, then this is what I'll say because I always ask people at the end to donate to us. I want people to be able to donate to you folks for those billboards and. If anybody is compelled to donate to us, do it in Ryan's name. I think that'd be very cool. Um, Thank you again. Folks, uh, please, please, please um, look up Ryan's story. Um, Check it out. Uh, Do what you can. Get a dinosaur. Bring it around the world. Send pictures. Um, and Heather, thank you. And Scott, thank you. But, but Heather, thank you so much for being here and talking and sharing and impacting my life. And I know the lives of many that are going to listen. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you folks. Uh, you can find us at www.ucan.ca. That's Y O U C A N dot CA. And, um, by all means, um, look into that. And we have some stuff coming up as well that, uh, go on our website for our comedy nights that are coming up that, uh, Uh, we'd love to have you attend and uh, until next time be relentless this series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55 Road 55 creates content that connects for more information check our website www.road55.ca